All right, now here we go. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff. This is episode 783 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. I've got a fun show lined up for us. Before we jump in, let's do a few shout outs to a few of those great folks who continue to support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with the big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to Canna Fugget. Let's send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to SC Dung Slinger. Let's send a big thank you shout out to one of my favorite photographers, my buddy ADHD Grower. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Grow Dad. Let's send a special thank you shout out to a good friend and a longtime supporter, my buddy OG Purple Thumb. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Shoe Trader 101. Let's send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to Badlands and Jacob M. Let's send a thank you shout out to Big Bear Canna. Then let's wrap it all up with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to Godfather Kush. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need will be right there on the screen. And you know I do include a link in the show notes and in the video description to make it super easy for all of my friends to support the podcast. Once again, I want to send a big thank you to everybody who did participate and indulge uh, and imbibe and partake in the Irie Direct Holiday Sale. Thank you. That sale was a great success. It would not have happened without you. So big shout out to everybody who did participate in the holiday sale. I hope you had a great, safe new year. I hope the holiday you chose to celebrate was great for you. I'm not concerned with which holiday you celebrate. I just hope you did celebrate one with your friends, your family, hopefully some good food. Hopefully you got to smoke something good with somebody strange, maybe a weird cousin or an uncle you never smoked with. Hope you got to do that. Maybe that smoke a joint before a walk kind of thing with a family member. Hope you got to participate in some of that action and have a good holiday. I had a wonderful holiday, but when I got home from my holiday shenanigans, I went to my grow space and I stepped in a small puddle of water that was not supposed to be there. That's right. I had a drain back up in the area where my grow is, and there was a bunch of water in that space. So I've spent a couple of days uh, getting some water out, doing some cleanup, pulling up some carpet, still have a little bit of stuff to do. This podcast may be a little bit shorter than you're used to because there is more work to be done. I got to get some shit out of there, get some shit cleaned up get myself nice and dirty and get back in action. But that is not the most important part we're talking about today. I want to know if you've got a plan, if you've got a strategy, uh, what are the risks of uh, shit going wrong near your grow? Uh, my grow, there was a flood and the water got uh, one inch from plants and the other way it got inches from a drum set. So it could have been much more disastrous than it was. It did cause a huge problem. It did cause a big mess. The only thing that really, really fucked up was my schedule. Uh, I've got to throw away some carpets and some small items and details, but most of the stuff will be recovered and repaired, but it really messed up my week. It's messing up my timing and my flow. Uh, like I said, the podcast will be a little shorter here, but do you have a strategy? Uh, what if there's a water leak in your grow space or where you are growing or near there? Will that water make it to your grow? Are you prepared for something like that? Is there a floor drain? Has that floor drain been maintained? Uh, what's going on? Are you prepared for any sort of disaster in the grow? Like water uh, has been kicking my ass the past couple of days. Are you prepared for water? Then of course, there's the opposite side of that one. There is fire. Are you prepared for fire? So this is just my quick heads up. 
Uh, check on your shit. Make sure all your drains are cool. Make sure no water's coming up anywhere. Make sure nothing's leaking. Make sure there's no sparks, no loose wires. Go ahead and do a quick inspection here at the start of the year. My friend John told me, out of sight, out of mind, and that's kind of how I felt about the plumbing. Uh, that's kind of how we felt about the water. It wasn't a problem until it was a fucking problem. Luckily, it didn't destroy anything too expensive, too crazy here, but it definitely slowed me down. That's enough talking about a flood, talking about that. I just want to know if you are prepared. Uh, what are you going to do if you get a flood? Do you have something lined up? Uh, if the flood does come, can you get uh, the people down in your area to work on it without getting yourself in trouble? Maybe you're not in a legal place. I'm in a legal state. I've only got a few legal plants in that area where I'm growing. The plumber, the drain guy, everybody was able to go in there and they go, nice plants. And I was like, yeah, quit fucking looking at them just because they're over there in an area and they're cool and they can see them. It's not a big deal. Maybe you're in a place where you can't grow. Can you quickly hide that grow if some shit does go wrong in your, uh, it's your home, your rental space, whatever you're doing, where you got that grow? Can you conceal that? Should you need to take some quick action? That is my question to you. All right. That's just a heads up. That's what's on my mind. I uh, got some ruined shoes and some wet pants. It has not been fun. Let's move on to more fun stuff in this podcast. Uh, recently, my friend Mobius, Mobius, I love you, bro. I got nothing but love and respect for you. We've become really good friends over the couple of years. I simply disagree with the comment that you made on YouTube. We're still good friends, bro. I'll still smoke a fat joint with you. This is just a really good topic of conversation. So my friend Mobius left a comment on a YouTube video. I did a video about selecting males and reversals for breeding projects. I talked about just that, how I select male plants and how I select which plants I do want to reverse for my personal breeding projects. My friend Mobius, uh, he chimed in with his comment, and I fully respect this opinion. Uh, I just think this is great podcast material. This is so totally something we should address. I could talk about for a long time on a podcast. Like I said, I got nothing but love and respect for my dude Mobius. Don't get this twisted. All right, it says, I think another great thing to think about is if you are breeding to sell rec and med, uh, to rec and med growers and be a seed company, don't get too stuck on what you like. And I kind of touched on this before, but we're going to elaborate here. It says, instead, try to make a diverse menu. Think flavors and effects. Have fruit, have gas, have garlic, have mint, have earth, but also have soaring highs along with pile driver heavy stuff. Bottom line is be diverse, not only thinking about rec market, but medical market as well. That is that is very good feedback. I like that, but uh, I also disagree with that. I respectfully disagree with that. As a breeder, as the person making the seeds, I don't think about the recreational or the medical market at all when I'm making a cross. Um, I'm uh, maybe selfishly, I'm thinking about what I like in cannabis when I'm making a cross. I don't think that, um, and I'm not gonna. I, this will sound egotistical, but if you took um, Van Gogh and told Van Gogh, make some art that the people will like. The people aren't going to like the art that Van Gogh makes, but if you shut the fuck up and leave Van Gogh alone and let Van Gogh paint, shit's going to come out amazing. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm an artist or a painter or anything like that, but, um, I breed what I like and it just happens that I like plants with certain terp profiles and certain buzz types and certain growth structures. And those plants also are desirable to, uh, the general public, the people that want to grow my my followers, my fans, my supporters, I, the Irie Army, the people that want to grow Irie genetic seeds, you guys happen to like those because I'm growing it with passion, with love for what I like to do. Um, I got a couple of ways I like to describe this. There's an artist called Matis Yahoo. 
He came up a couple of years ago in the early 2000s, 2005-ish. The dude was hot, hot shit. His first album, uh, first two albums were amazing, but you could tell that he had spent uh, his entire life putting those two albums together and it was everything he had to put that together. It was all of his creativity from when he had started writing up to the time when those albums were put out. That was everything he had. Uh, that was his art. Those albums are fucking awesome. Two of my f- most favorite albums, Shake Off the Dust to Rise and, of course, Live at Stubbs. There might be more stuff before that, but those are the two when he got popular. That's like his life's work right there. Uh, that's what really got him going. He went on tour. He got super known. He got super famous. He was killing it because his art came from his heart. Uh, it was his connection with his music, what he did. He didn't do it for anybody but himself, so it was fucking awesome. After that, the record label came and said, Hey, bro, it's time for that second record. You got to put some shit out. And guess what? That record kind of bites a dick. That second record, no offense, Modest Yahoo. You know what I'm saying, though, brother. That next record just was not what we expected, what we had hoped for. It sounded bubblegummy. It sounded way overproduced. It sounded like a record company took over and demanded a record on a timeline. So, Part of my point to that is I'm not doing records for a record company. I'm making records for myself and I'm making sounds that I think sound good. And I'm making terps and strains and crosses that I think sound good. Another way that I like to think about it is I'm a musician. I can read, write, I can play any kind of music. That's why a lot of things I talk about, I go back to music and that it's always relatable for me. So I'm a musician. I can, like I said a moment ago, I can read music. I can write music. I have a deep understanding of the way music works. Not just I'm the drummer, but not just in the drums. I understand the way the time works, the way the dynamics work. I've been on stage. I know how to make the singer sound good by playing a certain way. I know how to make the bass player sound better. I know how to make the beat feel a little faster, even though it isn't just by playing in front of or behind the beat just a little bit. I have a deep understanding of music. I can play any kind of music that you want me to. I like to play uh, funky music. I like to get down and funky. Of course, I love to play reggae music. I love to jam and get improvisational. It all sounds really good, but if you made me play country, it would sound okay, but it wouldn't sound like country music from the heart. It wouldn't have that country music. It would be country music, but it wouldn't be country music. And the, and for country music, you need something right in there. That's my opinion. If you want it to sound country music, you got to have some, I don't have country in my heart at all. I'm not a country boy. I'm a fucking city boy. I got dreadlocks and I wear sneakers and shit. I'm not, I don't got no boots or a hat. So I don't have that country feel. I could play the blues because I've had the fucking blues before. But anyway, if you told me to put out a country album, it would be terrible because I don't care. It's not going to have any heart, any soul. So what I'm doing is maybe it's selfish of me, but I'm breeding for what I really like. I have access to a lot of plants. You guys know that I've worked in commercial facilities. I've got friends that grow. I've got friends that breed. I'm in grows all the time, helping people out, looking at things, inspecting, investigating. Sometimes I see a plant and I go, what's that one, bro? And they'll tell me, they'll go, that's this. And I go, I'm going to need a cut of that. And they'll go, well, okay. And I'll tell them, you owe me this much money for coming here today instead of paying me. I want a cut of that. And they'll, they'll go, okay, because people would definitely rather give you a plant than money most of the time. So I get a lot of cool cuts and shit. And people send me and give me and share with me really cool cuts. So sometimes I'll just see something and I'll be like, that girl right there needs to be pollinated by either like the Jack the Ripper male or the BC Lemon Skunk male or possibly King Solomon. Everybody's going to get pollinated by Solomon. Before the end of this, it'll be Solomon to everybody before the end. But Um, I just see the plants and I go, man, that one right there and that one right there. It's like uh, just giving me modeling clay or sculpting clay. I don't know shit about sculpting. So that was a bad example. But it's like giving me a big thing of paints and a paintbrush and a fresh canvas and just letting me go. Uh, If you told me 
breed this. I'd go, I don't, uh, I, I don't know if I want to do that. Like, why am I doing that? I need to like smoke a plant or look at a plant or be in the room with the plant. And the plant will say, Hey, Hey bro. And maybe this is fucking crazy, but I can hear it. The plant goes, you should definitely breed me to the Jack the Ripper male. I would make a fucking fire. And I go, huh, I should probably breed this strawberry starburst plant to the Jack the Ripper male. And then I do it. And most of the time it's fucking awesome. So Mobius, I do like your idea of having the diverse catalog and keeping medical and recreational markets in mind. And that that's another thing we could fucking talk on. But I do like that idea, but that is not, uh, that is not my style. I don't think that would work for me. I think me sticking with doing what I like has been working pretty well and it would be fake and it would be, uh, I wouldn't be growing from my heart, breeding with love, which is my motto. That's what it's all about for me. That would be, that would, that's one step too close to breeding with my wallet. I'm not thinking about my wallet and my pocketbook and shit when I'm breeding. But also I like the fact that you said, keep the patients, the medical and the recreational users in mind. That is a great thing. Um, the way that I see that, I'm going to go right back to music. And I've used this before. Um, Mobius is in, I know my dude Mobius, you listen to heavier music than I do. I listen to fish and reggae and stuff like that. I think I got Mobius into fish because Trey is a fucking maniac, but uh, we listen to different shit. So the way I describe it is uh, some people want to listen to reggae. If you want to listen to reggae, that's Irie Genetic Seed Company. If you want to correlate music to seed brands, if you want to listen to reggae, that's fucking, I'm, that is me right over here. If you want to listen to, um, I don't even have other breeders to compare to fucking different kinds of music. I should have not gone down that route. Uh, if you want to do some gangster rap shit, we all know that Masonic is the dude for the Compton gangster rap kind of vibe. So if that's what you want, what I'm saying is if you want to diversify the grow, instead of expecting one breeder to offer everything, that's when you got to go to different breeders. Like I know that if I want like some cushy stuff that I could go to DNA genetics and those guys have all that cushy shit. If I want a Wilson cross, I'm definitely going to go talk to Masonic smoker. Uh, if I want some jelly bean stuff, I'm going to go talk to my friend, Miss Jill. If I want some, uh, some of that grandpa's cookies or ethos cookies, I got to go talk to my dude, Colin. Uh, if I want heavy duty fruity, which is in the garden right now and bangs out, I'd go talk to Adam Dunn. Uh, that is TH seeds. So you just gotta, instead of, uh, having one, expecting one breeder to diversify the grow for you. That's when I recommend, and I know you're doing this Mobius, you've got seeds from a lot of different breeders and you kill it with all of them. And that helps you have a variety, a little bit of difference in the garden. Of course, I've got four or five, three or four, four or five different males and reversals that I work with, but I'm still limited to how many things I can produce. So I take my male plant or my reverse plant and I hit it to 10 or 12 different ladies and then that's what I've got to offer for this season or this section of my, uh, I took up that much breeding time until I do more breeding or whatever. So I can offer you so much, but the other breeders, they've got totally different shit than me. So they can definitely diversify your portfolio a little more widely because uh, they're not breeding with the same stock. So uh, dude, I love your input. I love your feedback. I love your idea. And I also love that I disagree and we're still going to be fucking good friends. All right. You said, what did he say? He said, uh, think about flavors and effects, bro. Flavors and effects. That's my favorite shit. Uh, love good terps and I love to get straight up high. But then he said, have fruit. I offer fruit. I definitely offer fruit. Uh, fruit from me, strawberry starburst, lemon Jeffrey, uh, all kinds of fruity shit in my lineup. Orange gasm, sun kiss. It's all got fruit in the name of it there. Uh, gas. The machine is gassy. The machine is definitely gassy. Garlic, garlic goat. Um, also, what's the other one? Uh, Dark Hollow has the garlic in it. Mint, 
um, the Mel Frank's Durban Poison Crosses. If you guys have been following along, you know that I've gotten access to a bunch of plants. The Mel Frank's Durban Poison is what the MFDP stands for. That is Mel Frank's Durban Poison. That's got the mint in there. Earth. Um, the Which one's got the Earth? The Moon Tower has definitely got the Earth in there. So I've got a lot of those covered. Uh, the Soaring Highs. Most of my stuff has got that soaring high, the Jack the Ripper crosses, they're all soaring high, the Arise crosses, the pile driver heavy stuff, that is kind of where I'm lacking, but I'm working toward that direction. That's not uh, that's not my favorite thing, but as I'm getting older, um, so it's funny, I went through a weird uh, shift in the weed that I like, I guess. When I was younger, I just wanted to get baked. I was so hyper and so fucking rambunctious that I just wanted to get baked and sit down, just fucking... Give me enough fucking heavy, heavy weed, enough indica to just make me fucking normal. Just uh, just chill me out just a little fucking bit. And then as I got older, I started working more. I was like, I can't smoke all this indica. I got shit to do. And then I started smoking more sativa, started owning businesses and fucking doing podcasts. And when you smoke a big dab of some indica that puts you down on a podcast and you're just sitting here like this, it's not a good podcast. You got to be fucking sativa it out and be talkative and have the brain going. So I shifted into that. But now um, in the winter time, I feel like I've been going too fast. I just need to chill out. I need some time with the lady, time with the dogs, time on the couch, just chilling. Uh, sometimes I know that my lady's looking at me like you're just going way too fast. So that's when I like, need like a big dab of some chilled out indica. So I am kind of working toward that indica sort of cushy sort of stuff in the lineup. So many people are doing it. I want to do it uniquely. I do have a great strategy for that. But uh, it seems like I'm offering most of the things you ask for. But still, uh, don't be afraid to branch out and have more breeders in your garden. There's no reason to lock it in with just one. I know a lot of people try to do all Irie all Irie runs in their garden. I appreciate that, but don't be afraid to grow other breeders. Mobius, my dude, that was a fucking great question, a great comment. You got me rambling for at least 10 minutes on that shit. I do appreciate that. Thank you, bro. I look forward to hanging out, smoking with you sometime soon. Uh, you're just a couple of states away from me. We should get together. All right. I do have another message here in front of me. Uh, this one came from the uh, the Grow Help tab on iregenetics.com. If you go to iregenetics.com, there is a tab that says Grow Help. You can click on there, and it will give you the opportunity to ask me a question. I will print that out and read it here on the show. Uh, quick update. That tab was broken for a little while. So if you sent me some Grow Help questions and you feel like I ignored you, uh, I did, and it wasn't on purpose. That fucking Grow Help tab had a major malfunction. I did some website updates, and that did not get corrected uh, along with the updates. Uh, shout out to the web guy. He did correct it now. There was a short time it didn't work. Nobody's fault. We didn't notice. Uh, there's a lot of shit that goes on when we do that. But anyway, it is corrected. So if you've sent your Grow Help questions and you feel like you got ignored, I apologize that shit was broken. Send it again. I'll do my best to get it on the show as soon as possible. All right. This one came from our friend. I don't know if they want their name said. It doesn't say that part. Anyway, it says Rasta Jeff. At what point do signs of nutrient deficiency become fall colors? That's a really good, also kind of a confusing question. I can see how you could confuse some nutrient deficiencies and some of the colors that the plants make at the end as it does what is called senescence. Uh, it will turn into those fall colors when you start flushing. Uh, there are no nutrients left in the leaves. It will make beautiful fall colors. Uh, at what point do nutrient deficiency become fall colors? Um, that depends on if you're flushing or not, I guess. It's kind of um, the fall. Some plants won't make fall colors. Some will make fall colors. Uh, and some will show you those colors because of a nutrient deficiency. I think my answer to this is mostly going to be this is plant and strain specific. 
I know that the morning dew, uh, if you uh, let it go long enough, it'll start making orange and goldish color leaves. But that always happens during the flush. That's during the flushing phase. So that's what you're talking about, the fall colors. Almost everything will start turning yellow and pale if you don't feed it. So um, I think nutrient deficiency, look out for that. You should know what that looks like. The fall colors are going to be phenotypical expression and vary by plant. So so I think the only way to really determine that would be to grow the plant a couple of times, see if you do get those weird colors, see if you can identify what that color could be caused by, try to correct it. If you can't correct that, that's probably just the plant expressing its funky, end-of-life, beautiful fall colors. Now there is more to this question. It goes on, it says, also, how do you breed a strain to finish faster? Is it as simple as crossing it with a faster finishing strain? Because I have some blueberry now that finishes in 53 days. It's my favorite I've ever grown. Thank you for all of your info and your podcast. It really helps. Bro, you've got a blueberry that finishes completely done in 53 days. That is impressive. That is amazing. Um, I prefer plants that go a little longer. I think you get usually get more herb and more potency. But if that thing's finished in 53 days and satisfies you, that is a phenomenal plant. You are a lucky dude to have found that in a pheno hunt. Uh, everybody wants a clone of that. I'll give you my uh, my address for a clone of that one. Let's stay focused here. Uh, the question was, how do you breed a strain to finish faster? Uh, and then he says, is it as simple as crossing it with a faster finishing strain? It is that easy, but it's also not that easy. It kind of depends on what you plan to do with these seeds because the first batch is going to be a little bit uh, unstable is the word that I want to use here. You're going to find a lot of variation. You're going to find phenotypical variation. And in that variation, we will find different finishing times. So this is a trait that gets passed on. So what I would do, I would find the female that you like, but you want to slow or speed up her flowering time. You want to take her from 70 to 60 or maybe even down to 50 days. You might not be able to do this in the first attempt. So let's talk about this. It kind of depends on if you want to breed these seeds for yourself just to play with or if you have some intention of putting these seeds out to market. If you find a good female plant that you want to use as your female candidate, I would find a male plant that flowers more quickly than that female. I would find a drastic difference. If you've got a female that goes 70 days, you're trying to chop it down to 60, I'd find a male plant that finishes around that 55-day mark. That way you got the ratio in there right in the middle somewhere. You'll get that early finishing phenotype. But what's going to happen, or what most likely is going to happen, these are plants and this is nature, and I haven't drawn a Punnett square or a Mendel chart to actually figure this out completely perfectly, but so you take that long finishing female and that short finishing male and you pollinate. Now, 33% of those seeds are going to be shorter finishing phenotypes. 33% of those seeds are going to be longer finishing phenotypes. And the other 33 have the potential to be whatever. When we breed like this, we kind of unlock Pandora's box. The F1s are going to be wild. So if you're breeding this just for yourself, you do have the potential to find that early finishing phenotype in the F1 generation that you are making. If you are selling these seeds, and you're going to tell people that they finish quickly, the F1 generation will not be stable or reliable. You will need to make an F2, F3, possibly even an F4 generation. So the first time you do it, find that fast finishing male, pollinate your longer finishing female, and you've got a batch of seeds. Grow those seeds. You may find what you're looking for for yourself in that batch of seeds. 
If you do find earlier finishing phenotypes in that batch, I would encourage you to use those either for back crossing or for further filial generations to even further reduce the flowering time of this plant. Let me say that in a little bit more clear terms because I know that was a lot of crazy mumbo jumbo for some of you. So we've made this first cross, right? We took our long finishing girl, our short finishing male, we made seeds. Out of that, I expect that hopefully we find at least one quick finishing girl. Also, we're going to find one quick finishing boy. This is our F1 generation. We've got an F1 boy and F1 girl. Let's put them together and pollinate. We have now made an F2 generation. From there, let's find that quickest finishing female and quickest finishing male and breed those together. Now we're making F3. Guess what? These F3s are going to start getting a little bit more uniform or they're going to be completely wild depending on the selections which we have made. But we're going to focus again. We're going to find that quick finishing phenotypes. Now we're going to find the super quickest finishing phenotypes we can out of the boy and the girl. We're going to breed them together. Now at this point, we've really started locking in that super fast finishing phenotype. Everything from here out should be closer to the goal amount of finishing days that we're looking for for the phenotypes which we have to select from. So you probably started with that female I said started at 70 days. Uh, the F1 generation, you found one that finished at like, what, 60 days. We bred those together. Then we found more that finished at, what, 58 days. Then we found some that finished at 55. And then we kept working with those and breeding them out. And now we're all the way to the F5 generation. And we've got reliable plants that finish in 55 days. It will take you several generations to get there if you want reliable homogenous seeds or stable is the word we like to use in the cannabis industry. But you can do it or you could just do it the simple way, cross it one time and hope to find what you're looking for. You do have the potential to shorten that flowering time every filial generation if you do proper selections. So here's another piece of advice, another hint, another tip of what I would do. I would do parallel breeding lines. I don't talk about this a lot on the show, but I have mentioned it. We're focusing on faster finishing lines for the first part of this question. We want to get down to, you've got one that finishes in 53 days. I wouldn't go any shorter than that, but I would breed that to other things and try to make that other shit shorter. I would reverse it and breed it to some 70 day stuff. And then I would reverse the 53 day finisher, take the pollen from that, put it on a 70 day finisher and see if I can reduce that flowering time. I would definitely do that. But let me get back into the main topic of what I'm saying here. We're breeding on this line for flowering time. So keep directing that breeding towards shorter flowering time. Then from the same batch of seeds, that F1 batch of seeds you make. So you took the 70 day plant and the 55 day male or whatever you pollinated them. You made a batch of seeds. We found that short finishing one of the male and the girl. And that's our, uh, we're going to call that the fast line. Now on the other side, let's focus on, uh, potency. Because not only do I want that plant to finish quickly, but I also need it to be highly potent. So I'm going to breed a whole nother project in another room. This is another project. I'm going to breed just for potency. I don't care how long these plants take to finish. I don't care what they taste like, what they look like. I need potency. So I'm going to find a male and a female out of these seeds. I'm going to breed them. Uh, I'm going to find the most highly potent or I'm going to grow them. I'm going to find the best looking, most potent female I can and the most potent looking male that I can find. That's a hard one to discern there, but find the best female, the best dude and breed them. Then I'm going to grow out those seeds, the F2 seeds. I'm going to grow those. Once again, find the most potent female and the most potent male. I'm going to breed them. I'm going to go F3, F4, F5, doing the same thing, solely focused on potency. Now, when I get to F5 or F6, 
I'm going to take my fast finishing version of this line and my highly potent version of this line, and I'm going to breed those together. And that's how I make my own true F1 line that is fast finishing and highly potent and also has the other traits you're looking for. The reason I want to do these two lines separately is because it's really hard to isolate uh, multiple traits. If you're breeding for specifically that finishing time, stick with that fast finishing time. Get that to a F4, F5, then find a male out of that and use that male to pollinate other ladies to make that fast finishing time. So then on the other line, I would focus on the potency. Instead of focusing on potency and flowering time, just use two different lines of the same thing. So now let's say that that tall, longer finishing plant is strawberry fields. And that shorter finishing plant that I want to use for my male is Arise. He's not a quick finisher and not a quick flowering plant, but we're going to say that for the sake of this project. Let's say I took that Arise and I pollinate these strawberry fields. or That makes strawberry starburst seeds. It really does. Now let's say that I want to focus on breeding one for quicker finishing and focus on one for that super potency. I would breed strawberry starburst A, the A line, straight up for that quicker finishing. Then I would breed the strawberry starburst B line for the potency. And while I was doing it, if I let the seeds out to market or if I shared them, sold them, passed them out in any way, I would clearly label them strawberry starburst F1 A line or strawberry starburst A line F1, uh, B line F2, B line F3. Just make sure that they are labeled. And then those seeds will be great seeds on their own. They're still going to be potent. They're going to have all the other traits you're looking for, but I'm specifically breeding for one thing in my plan, in my strategy. And when I get that one to where I know that they flower in 55 days, and when I get this one where I know that the potency is off the charts, I'm going to use that quicker flowering male, hit that super potent female, and hopefully I can get a 60-day finisher that blows your fucking mind. So I hope that made sense because, yes, it can be that easy. It can be as easy as pollinating a female plant with a quicker finishing male plant. Yes, it can be that easy. But if you want to sell those seeds, if you want to put them to market, if you really want to continue that project, there is more work to done. And that is breeding them to different filial generations. And if you're going to focus on speed, I would breed that beeline to focus on potency, breed them together at some point in the future. All right, that message came from our friend Michael. Once again, that did come from the Grow Help tab on the website. Michael, thank you for the great question. That one really did get me rambling quite well. I do appreciate it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, pimps, hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, and pollen chuckers, all of you beautiful cannabis enthusiasts out there, I do want to thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. If you feel like this episode was educational, informative, and maybe even entertaining, maybe you'd just like to throw me a buck for spending some time with me, all you have to do is check the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, you know that I would love to hear from you. My email address is growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. Everything else you could possibly imagine is at iregenetics.com. Yeah, I know I said that quite quickly. Everything is at iregenetics.com. There will be a link to the Discord, a link to the Patreon, a link to the Seeds, a link to the Merch. Everything you can imagine is there. Of course, the Grow Help tab. You can sign up to the newsletter. It's all on the website, iregenetics.com. All right, I think that is all I've got for you for this week. I've got to go clean up some water and some stinky carpet. I'll be back next week with fresh new content. I want to give a big shout out to my buddy Rusty Nails. And until next time, take a fat dab. And give your mom a hug for me.